Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What is up, my fellow addicts? It is Ralph Sutton, the SDR Show. We've been doing those double penetration, double, two shows a week for a while. Uh, going pretty well. We thank you all for listening twice to the show. This week we have a idiotically popular comic. Didn't even realize how super popular he was until I started looking into his life. It is Russell Peters, comedian extraordinaire. And we go back down our old hip-hop holes as well. My my street cred comes up here and there. Um, very happy we had him on. Don't forget, we're doing the show live every Wednesday, every Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You could watch for free at the SDRshow.com slash live or use the code SDR at gasdigitalnetwork.com. You could get it in HD, get every episode we ever did, over 300 episodes. Uh, plus, you get 20% off the entire network, access to 20 other shows, 22 or 23, something like that. Live chat and so much more. Just go to gasdigitalnetwork.com. Use the code SDR, support the show that way, or just listen wherever you like to listen. We're just thrilled that you're along for the ride. Here it is right now, the Russell Peters episode of The SDR Show. This is the intro to the shit show. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. This is the hit show. Show me the tit show. It is the SDR Show, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll Show. I am Ralph Sutton, back once again. As with me on uh, intermittent time, I would say Gino Visconti is back once again. Thank you, Gino. Hey, hey. Wearing a nonsensical uh, headband. Yes. I, it's, uh, I bought it because it's one of those five-in-ones, and I was going to wear it as a mask, but as a guinea, as an Italian, in this heat, if I wear anything around my neck completely, I sweat to death. So I started wearing it as a headband because my hair is so long I can't get a haircut, and I'm not going to lie to you, I like the headband, but I use the haircut as an excuse. I'm like, it, well, I got to wear it. I got to wear it. The top of your head looks 14 inches long. It does. <laughs> It does, but if I take the sides off, it's so gray, and I look ten years older. So I'm going to be Dan Cortese in the '80s. <laughs> that works for me. Uh, as always, you can follow us over at the SDR Show. Uh, no live chat while we're doing these, uh, you know, not really live in studio shows. No phone number as well. But we are very happy to have on the show right now a guy that I did a, a very in-depth look into his career and life, calling in from his car. It is Russell Peters, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us, Russell. Hi, kids. Hey, buddy. how are you, sir? I'm just trying to figure out this camera. I, I've turned, I'm going to turn my phone the other way now. It's like I like to really fuck the whole thing up as I, as best I can. Yeah, well, well, you're doing a very good job. Congratulations. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome to modern technology. <laughs> By the way, what I find interesting here, before we even get into the show, all three of the men here, roughly the same age. I'm 50. Gino's yep. 51, and I think you just had a birthday not that long ago, right? No, I, I will be 50 in two months. After 50 in two months, and it was coming either sooner. It just happened. So, so yeah. young. Treasure these times. September 29th. There you go. That's correct. Wow. Every year. You, every year I do it. It's interesting that we're all – so we probably have had some similar life experiences because we're all roughly the same age. You guys are both comics, so there's going to be some sort of symmetry and and – you know, we're doing this there, there for overlap. Us. That's overlap. That's, you know, mesh. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, off the top, I found that you are very into the hip hop community, uh -huh. DJing still. It's a big mm -hmm. part of your life. Is it always been a hip hop guy? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I started off as a hip hop DJ because I started in 85. So the only way you were going to hear it in Toronto at that time was if you played it yourself. 
I mean, uh, hip hop so, in general wasn't in in Toronto at all. Oh, it was there, but you had to wait till Saturday to hear it on the radio. Oh, okay, uh, that's interesting. And it was like a it was like a college radio station that had a hip hop show for three hours every Saturday, and I would record the shows, and then I would go to the record store and buy the records that I heard on the show, mm-hmm. and then I could just play them anytime I want in any order I wanted. And then I started figuring out about cutting and scratching. And then as the DJing progressed over the years, you start branching out into other music. And, you know, you, you start playing house, you start playing R&B, and then you realize, oh, shit, I used to really like rock. And then you start playing rock and you start mixing it all together. And that's what they call an open format DJ. That's what they call you now, an open format DJ. But really, you were just a DJ if you played everything because that's what a fucking DJ is supposed to do. Right. So the interesting thing here is, where, again, where you and I will have some symmetry. I was very into breakdancing when I was a kid. Yes. Right? And I was in the movie Crush Groove, if you remember that movie. I do, 1985. Now yeah. he's just rubbing your nose in his success. I'm sorry. He gets like this. What were you he gets doing like in this. Crush Groove? So I, this is really funny that there was only four of us that were considered good white breakdancers in Brooklyn. I went to cook, uh, high school in Coney Island, and they named us... The Mighty Whiteys as the only good, the only kids good enough to (laughs) break dance with the black and Spanish kids side of the gym because it was split up with the the white kids on one side and the good break dancers, which were mostly black and Spanish on the other side. And my brother and I and two other white kids were allowed to be on that side of the gym. And then eventually, um, when I was Uh, battling somewhere, I don't remember where it was, I got picked to be in a movie, my brother and I, which was Crush Groove. The scene got cut tremendously, but I was there to watch right. Curtis Blow and Run DMC and the Fat Boys performing live. The idea in that scene in the movie when they were performing, we all bum rushed to the stage and was started the- dancing, but it got cut out. Uh, was that the finale scene? It was the scene when Curtis Blow sang uh, basketball. That was like the first time he ever performed it live was in that movie. Uh, right. it, was, it was when the Fat Boys went to the talent show. I don't know how well you remember the movie. Right. It's a long time ago. I, it's about three I actually of the went to the, the theater movie. to see that movie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I was looking for myself, and you can't really see me. But I saw you talking about the art of the windmill and how important it was to have a windmill in breakdancing. And that was, I felt the same yes. way. Like that was, if you didn't have that, you weren't really a breakdancer. And it was one of the last moves right. I was able to get good at. But my moves were the hand glides. Yep. That's what I was great at was hand glides. My name was G Wiz, the slide wizard, the handspin. Yeah, <laughs> break dancing was a big part of my life, my friend. And then, at least you were listen. At least, at least you were in New York doing it. You know what I mean? I was in Toronto. We were doing the watered down version of everything. Right, I'm sure. I, I wonder how much didn't make it to you. In fact, I was just on a show last week. Um, it's a later hip hop show called. I was on a show called the Ryan Show, and one of the DJ, one of the guys on the show was Mr. Cheeks. I was like, holy shit, it's Mr. Cheeks. I know Cheeks. Yeah, and he said to say hello to you. He's on a first-name basis with him. He just calls him Cheeks. You know Mr. Cheeks. Cheeks. (laughs) Russell knows Cheeks, dude. Yeah, I know Cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) And the LB fam, son. (laughs) (laughs) And I was also... Gino looks like he was a rocker. (laughs) Gino is more of a puss music. He likes, like, the... Sarah McLaughlin's of the world. I do. I did. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I get down with my with my Alice in Chains and my Soundgarden, but I'm not a not I'm not averse to a little you know a little Sarah McLaughlin, little Sheryl Crow. You know, to get in hey, touch I'm, with my feminine side. You know that. 
I'm more more often than not playing Steely Dan in my car. So. Oh, I was listening to Peg on the ride down today. It's it's yep. fantastic. We get it. I'm with both you, kid. pussies. It's fine. I understand. <laughs> I Shannon, imagine. what were you listening to? <laughs> When I was a kid, I listened to hip hop and as I worked in, in clubs and stuff, it's so like my DJ, my friends were DJs. So I was into more eclectic music. But now in my old age, I listen to really puss stuff, as Ralph would call it. Yeah, but you're allowed I to. I think I do as well. <laughs> I, I still I still look for bands in any genre, whether it's hip hop or rock, that, that really I'm like, oh, my God, that's fucking cool. Like something different that I'm like, what is that? The last time I remember feeling that way was when I heard... Um, Truffle Butter, which is now like 10 years ago, I guess. Uh, when I heard that mm -hmm. rap song, I was like, what the fuck is this? It's so great. I went out to Shazam it and get excited to hear it. It just doesn't happen so much anymore, unfortunately. I just think that uh, the quality of yeah, music, no. you know makes you feel now, old when you say that. Every song sounds the same to us now. Yeah, That's when you think you're getting... When Do you remember this, by the way? I know the band for me when everybody's loving a group or an artist and you hear it you're like i don't get it why is everyone into that for me it was cradle of filth yes. their rock band i hated it dude i'll even take it a different I direction mean, i'm sorry to interrupt you going russ no i was just gonna say it was the whole grunge thing for me i didn't get it really? well dude i remember and and i and we're both you will should get this russell because you're the same age doing stand-up i remember when we used to drive to gigs all the time like in the 90s and you know the early aughts if you would and you would listen to the radio because you didn't have the ipod wasn't big yet you didn't have satellite and you would know all the current music that's going on you would know because you'd be listening to the radio but now I don't know any, yeah, like, wouldn't. if I'm listening to Sirius XM, I'm listening to Lithium or, or the Coffee House. If I put on Hits 1, I don't know the people, I don't know the songs, and it's just totally passed me by, you know? Yeah, I used... No, oh, did we lose him? We lost him. He's, he was on my internet. The connection <laughs> left me for a minute, I'm sorry. <laughs> you jumped right I over. used to, and then it stopped. Uh, yeah, no, I used to, when I... Because uh, I had my turntables, I would make myself a mixtape based on how long the drive was going to be. So wow. I would either get a 60, a 90, or a 120-minute tape, cassette, chrome, or metal. And uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, God rocks with the chrome or the metal. <laughs> you, you want, you want, Look, if you want some better Shannon's, quality, Shannon is already impressed with you. You don't have to throw out the chrome <laughs> or the metal. Wipe it up, Shannon. Uh, <laughs> no good for you. <laughs> I'm useless, trust me. <laughs> what I do, by uh, the way, which is super creepy, and I think Gino knows this. Yeah. I, I listen do. to uh the top forty rocks, you know, pop stations all the time when I'm in the shower, when I'm getting ready. The reason is simple. As an old single man who still dates girls that are way too young for him, I like to know the new music so I don't sound like I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, I know who that is. That has this. It makes me seem relevant. <laughs> See, I'm an old single man now, too, but I don't plan on dating anybody too young. I, matter of fact, don't plan on dating anybody. <laughs> well, then, what's the problem? I from this shit. <laughs> I think you're covering your, your mic because I'm not hearing you anymore. Is your thumb on Oh, your yeah, you know what? I actually did cover the mic because I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you should get the light lighting on me is what it is. I keep flaring, and I'm too fucking brown to be flaring. <laughs> I, I want to get into a couple of things that I found out about Russell Peters when I do my little research. I was right. aware, obviously, you're the first comedian ever to get a Netflix special, which is pretty wild to have that, you know, uh, thumb in your cap or whatever it's called, the, 
the term that you Fe- use. Feather in your cap or thumb in your, in your ass. There's two really different ways of looking at it. That's exactly right. He's exactly right, and you're exactly an idiot, Ralph. But back to your question for him, Ralph. And what I did not realize, and I've seen, like, I watched a bunch of your interviews, and this is how I feel. Correct. Feel free to tell me I'm I'm even bigger idiot, and I'm totally wrong. It's fine. Um, first comedian to get a Netflix special. Been doing right. arenas and like you know, 10, 15,000 seaters for over a decade, which is crazy when you think about that. Uh, thirteen years now. Thirteen Jesus. years. Six comedy specials. Yet for some reason, and th- you've said this yourself. You don't feel that you get the accolade you deserve, that you feel that you never had a, a an A-list movie. You never, like, uh, for whatever reason, you're such a big comic that is yet somehow under the radar. Does that is that on brand? Am I saying the right thing here? It is, and it's also um, kind of a good thing, really, if you really think about it that way. Because if you're still doing it after 13 years, still doing arenas and stuff, uh, which is very, very fortunate to be able to do that still. Um, if you're out of the public eye, they can't tear you down from that. Right. Because that means you've got a solid fan base that's riding with you everywhere you go. Right. That is that is amazing. Um, and it's also, do you, because you have not been, I mean, your sets are pretty much like you're all for free speech and, and say whatever you want kind of as a comic, but right. maybe because you're not that uh, popular, that's what you're saying. They're not going to be out to cancel culture you or, social justice warrior you I'm, they probably will try at some point i even talk about it on I've, I've been on stage a lot lately and uh i've been talking about like if because they forget about intent nowadays they don't they don't hear how you're saying it they don't see the look in your eyes or hear the tone in your voice and and then i even said like if you were to write down everything i said tonight on stage i would read it myself and go this guy's a piece of shit let's get rid of him yeah <laughs> yeah but, yeah, but people lose the sight, lose, lose sight of intent. Oh, right. I couldn't agree more. I think people are giving too. I say this all the time. People are giving. They give too much power to the word, and they don't realize the word is a tool. And like a hammer could be, you know, you could build a homeless person a house with a hammer, or you could beat that homeless person to death with it. It's how you use it. And people, are, people can't wait to be offended, and that's what they do. They they focus on. They they lose the intent. They just want to find the word that can trigger them. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and, and nine times out of ten, the people getting triggered um, actually don't feel anything like that. They just know that that's a trigger word, and they're probably too dumb to understand how the word was used. Yeah, well, and, well, and the I'm first person to be offended wins. Sorry to talk over you, Ralph. I'm done. But the first person to be offended in today's world, they win. For somehow, like, oh, my God, I was offended. I'm the smartest person. No, you're just, you're just ruining all the fun. Yeah, but it's, yeah. the, the weird thing is that also that for some reason, though, people do like, you know, companies will follow suit. They will cancel someone. They will allow someone to ha- they let these this idiotic minority have control, which is the part that makes no sense when the average person knows how stupid it is. Like I, I had this argument. Yes. Uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, a woman got mad because she, you know, they want to get rid of Columbus Day. That's one of the new ones, you know, get rid of, of course, Native American People's Day. And my argument is if you don't think that 20 years from now, people are going to get mad at meat eaters because we're now all eating, you know, lab created meat or whatever. No one's killing animals anymore. Or all the comics that ever dressed in drag for a comedy are going to get looked at as making fun of the trans community. These things are going to happen. So it's just a, a bizarre allowance that people are just not shooting it, shutting it down. But companies but are trying to happen. What they're trying to do is hold their standard now to what the standard uh, against the standard then 
right. which, you know, whether it was good or bad is irrelevant. They're like, no, you should never have said that. You're like, at the time, it didn't mean it didn't matter. Right. And you can't ignore the fucking history of everything. That's that's exactly how you don't move forward is is trying to negate what happened before that you only learn. You only know good if you know bad. Yeah. I, it's also weird that like, you know, when who was it recently that did blackface uh, Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy on, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, sorry. And I think Fallon. Fallon, Fallon did, did ages Rock. ago. He did Chris yeah. Rock, but Kimmel did, did uh, Carl Malone. Yeah, but all, both yeah. were at least five years ago, I think, if not sure. more. Sure, right? longer even. And, even and longer Golden Girls did Mudface and they got rid of it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just insane because, like, people don't realize 400 people had a green like that for it to get on TV. It wasn't like he just said, hey, I got this. I showed up one day and did this. The one thing that I can't believe has never come up is the movie Soul Man. I don't know how that has not been destroyed. Do you remember that movie? Tom, well, it, look at C. Thomas Howe's career since then. <laughs> he did it to himself. I was watching classic movie. You forget, maybe I, I, I had Trading Places. Dan Aykroyd does blackface at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. My, my cousin wrote Trading Places. How about that? Really? Really? Aaron uh, something. It's my, my mother's. Hernandez. No, Aaron. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot his last name, but he's my, he's my mother's first cousin. But he's my second. I guess first cousin once removed is the right term. If we want to be politically correct. You don't even know his name anymore, Ralph. We don't fucking <laughs> yeah. believe you. Uh, I, no one me on very removed. Let me guess. He was in Crush Groove as well. <laughs> no <laughs> one I'm laughing at you and I'm wearing a bandana. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. No one believes my shit when I tell stories. And I've found, I've been able to find proof at least half the time to show that I'm not full of shit. Russell's uh, very quickly taking Jay's place on the show. <laughs> very quickly. Very quickly. Um, so we got it. So last week, if we're, you know, in the interest of full disclosure here, uh, our paths did not align and we missed each other to do the interview. That I got, was my fault. That's fine. I'll, I don't care whose fault. It doesn't matter. You're here now. That's all that really matters. Um, Today but, was almost my fault, too, because I forgot about it. No, that's all right. It's good to know that we, we are held up in such high esteem in your. Well, in no, your you know what it is? I, I, um, I got a lot going on in the personal life, but then I was at my daughter. So Chuck Liddell lives on my street. Mm -hmm. and my daughter and his two young kids play together all the time mm -hmm. so i dropped my daughter off at chuck liddell's house and they're remodeling their kitchen and his wife heidi was like hey come look at our kitchen and then she was showing me stuff and i go oh you know you should do this and this and she goes oh you know about this stuff and i go i kind of do a little bit so i ended up here at this kitchen uh, kitchen uh -huh. backsplash store <laughs> with uh, chuck liddell's wife so i can try and show her some backsplashes and shit like that you should tell and him. And then my assistant, Eddie, called me. He was like, hey, don't forget SDR. I'm like, fuck. This is an ironic coincidence because right before we went live, Gino was calling Chuck Liddell a pussy. Yeah. Right. And so it happens. It happens. And saying if I was with his wife, I'd show her a little backsplash, if you know yeah. what I mean. That's Hello. what I was saying. Yeah, this guy gets it, huh? Give huh? the old neck splash. Come on, guy. Feel free to send that clip to uh, his <laughs> again. I'm actually going to. I've actually been filming this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. So we got into this discussion because I watched you talk about Trevor Noah stealing a joke. Oh, I pissed him right. off. Right. Right. So first you said that you had mentioned the first time he did it was on Twitter. You did like a joking comment to him and then he did it a second time. And that's when you kind of took a more uh, aggressive stance. I don't know how you want to put it, but a more uh, assertive. assertive stance on your opinion on him stealing jokes. Right. And the mm -hmm. specific joke that I watched the two of you, the, the Russian sounding like it's speaking backwards, right? 
Right. And we got into this debate, and I just, being that you're both comics, I just find this a good question to ask. I've had, I did a rock radio show for years, and I had this debate a lot with them. Why, how you can differentiate just being influenced by the same thing as comics versus stealing a joke. And I'm curious well, to hear your so, take on it. So for me, I know exactly how I wrote it, why I wrote it, and when I wrote it. Mm -hmm. I can tell you exactly what spawned the thought. Yeah. And with anybody else, it's like, oh, I just thought of that. I'm like, mm, I know exactly what triggered mine. I was engaged to a girl who was uh, Russian. You're speaking my language. And we were laying in bed. And she, was, <laughs> she was on the phone talking to her mother. And then she hung up and I looked at her and I go, oh, yes, love me. She goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm speaking Russian. And she said, it just sounds like you're talking backwards. And then that's exactly how I came up with the joke. Okay. Yeah. And that's why if you watch my version of the joke, I actually say these words in Russian at the end of it, like these swear words. Uh -huh. And now I got this huge Russian following because not only did I do the, the joke about their accent, but I actually used words that made them go, oh, shit, this guy really knows something about us. Right. Was, was the word Idinahui? No, I said blat and suka and all that kind of stuff. Okay. In it. Yeah. Ooh, I know a little Russian because I, I almost exclusively date Eastern European women, so I picked up a few words. You, you, almost, I, uh, ex you almost exclusively employ Eastern yeah. <laughs> European women. There's a, a different right. word. So the reason why I ask is that, like, were, did you see him at a show or you think he saw your special? Like, I'm, I just speaking openly, I'm curious about it because, like, I, I, honestly, I don't know how people do these things, but uh, on, on, when he called me about it, like, when, what, what are you talking about? And I'm like, and then he said, um, so are you saying that um, Dean Edwards stole the joke from you? I go, I didn't know Dean did the joke. Are you saying you stole it from Dean? I'm like, what, the <laughs> fuck? what are you telling me, dude? That makes sense. I mean, it just, it's fast. Like there was, uh, I told this to you guys last week. So it One turns out I was wrong. You didn't steal it from me. You uh -oh. stole it from Dean Edwards. Oh, yeah. so Dean Edwards has a similar joke as well. Who does? So you said Dean Edwards. Yeah, Dean, has a... Dean Edwards has a similar joke, and so does Elon Gold. Right, and I actually, because I, it's something that, and I'm not a comic, but as I've said, I've dated Russian women most of my life, and I've actually said that to a girl once that they sound like being American. I googled the phrase and saw a few people making that reference back till 2010. So that's why I said it's just a, it could be something that's part of the zeitgeist, but I also understand how comedians can all be inspired by things or versus also it could be flat out plagiarism i don't know how to fucking figure out the difference but i'm not a comic so i don't know gino said last week to me you just you know when you hear it that it's not genuine you and, and right. that was a great point you brought up like because a comic one time was doing one of my jokes and i explained exactly how i thought of it he's like well i was watching a show and then he said oh no wait i was doing this and and you're right and another way that you know that you're not doing it is how many times have you, because you said it like people think similarly, how many times have you heard a guy about to do a joke with the exact same premise as yours and you're like, oh my God, he's going to do my joke word for word. And then he says something completely different and usually in my case, 10 times funnier than what I wrote from the premise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like, he's going right. to do my joke and then you're like, oh no, he's much funnier than me. How dare I even think that? And it, it does, it gets what you're saying. Too. What's that? Yeah there's certain topics that are going to be covered by multiple people. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not everything is exclusive to us unless you're talking about things from your personal experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even like mine was from a personal experience. So that's where I wrote mine from. Um, 
now I, I didn't know that Elon had done the joke and Elon and I are good friends as well as Dean and I are good friends. And then when I found out after somebody said to me, by the way, you know, Elon has a joke just like that. And he's been doing it before you. And I said, Oh shit. I called Elon right away. I said, Elon, I do this joke. It's very similar to yours. I told him and he goes, ah, oh, it's fine. Go ahead. And mm-hmm. I go, I, I've never actually seen you do yours, but I'm letting you know because we're friends. I don't want you thinking I fucking jacked this from you or something. Yeah, it is, it's a fun. I mean, look, the same thing happens with musicians a lot where they get accused of stealing music from other musicians that they were inspired by, whatever. But I mean, it just, I don't know. I, I as neither a musician or a comic, it's hard to sometimes understand the nuance of it all, if that makes any sense. It's like those guys that tried to sue Led Zeppelin like 50 years later for Stairway to Heaven. You're like, <laughs> but they, really, they motherfucker, win? you just noticed this? <laughs> but they won. Didn't they win? No, they didn't win. It's like oh, they tried the, suing them like literally 46 years later. The one that was the hardest was the Marvin Gaye one with... Uh, Robin Thicke? I didn't agree with that one at all. Morel and Happy? obvious. Huh? That was obvious, that one. You thought it sounded really similar? I didn't think it sounded similar. As a similar. DJ, listen, that's that's uh, the first thing I go, oh, this is where they sampled Got to Give It Up. I don't know. I didn't. The, the only main, the reason why they lost the case was something about having a crowd in the background start a song was what they well, did. So a way around sampling nowadays is if you play, you say you hear something you like, you get your musician friends to replay it. Because right. it won't be in the exact same key. Oh, and that's the loophole. Shit. So you can, you're like covering the clip, so to speak. You're covering it, so you're not sampling it. You might have to pay uh, some sort publishing. of publishing, but you're not right. going to have to pay the whole sampling fee. Right. All right. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's funny because, uh, the, what is it called? BDS signaling would not be in there, so it wouldn't get picked up. I guess that's what it right. is. That's funny. Also, a couple other things that you were raised Catholic, but now you you 100% atheist. Are you there? Yeah. Still that way? Still? Yeah, yeah. I all you have to do is read, read the I, fucking book, and you'll be like, "Oh, this is ridiculous." <laughs> I skipped to the end. God did it. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know the answer, so God. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> it's hard. So you don't believe in it. You don't believe because I went. To, I did the Catholic school thing. I don't know if you did. I did all that, and and I've gotten away from the whole Catholicism and all that strict. I, I think organized religion just fucking ruins everything but i, I believe I in some kind of higher thing there some something's watching out for me because i'm a disaster of a fuck up and you somehow know, you, i you, i managed you know, to succeed if I, if I was to believe anything i would believe that the people that loved you when they were alive when they die have some sort of ability to maybe steer you away from or steer things away from you or to you or whatever but i don't think they have that much power to be honest with you right. um but I mean, if I was to believe anything, I'd be inclined to believe that. I, I don't think some random thing that's never met me in its life has, has the ability to do something for me. But Gino says I think there needs to be a, a spiritual Gino, connection between things. Gino, you believe there's some dude up there that cares about you. Uh, I believe yeah, we're, my dad. I, here's what I believe in a nutshell. Ener- we're all energy. Energy can be neither created or destroyed. So when we die, whatever that right. energy is, lives on. That's it. I, right, I, I that, just, that, that's, that's what that's I believe. different than when you just said you just believed in a higher power. That was, I, I think there's a first mover, a prime mover that created all this energy. I do. All right. I don't know if I believe that. I don't. Are we I, saying I, that we all believe in ghosts? I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> oh. it sounds like, You're uh, just Russell. plugging your show, Shannon. <laughs> You're just plugging like your show. show. Russell, you believe in ghosts? 
No, I don't. Okay, sorry. It's uh, the way you were talking. It seemed like you were. Did seem like it. If it gets me on another show with Stan, and I totally believe in ghosts. It will. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my podcast is about. <laughs> I'm all Shannon all day right now. It's uh, so good. All right, so a couple other things I want to hit on. Um, what I thought was amazing that I read that you met George Carlin in '92, and you said to him, "One day we yep. might work together." And then you did. Oh, you did host for his last show. Yeah, so I met him in '92. I geeked out. I, I walked him back to his hotel, and I had been, and '92 I'd been doing stand up three years. So I was like, "Hey, maybe we'll work together one day." He was, "You never know, kids. Crazy business." Cut to ten months before he passes away. I wow. got to host for him at the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach. Mm -hmm. And he was doing his warm-up sets. He had just had the quadruple bypass. And uh, he was getting his set together for his last HBO special. And I got to host for him. When I introduced him, my chin started quivering and I almost started crying. Wow. <laughs> uh, and also, when you, when you met him the first time, you didn't think it was George Carlin. You said, hey, George, like it. I was being a smart ass because it was the night the Blue Jays won the World Series. Maybe you guys remember that. And um, <laughs> and uh, everybody was just partying up and down Young Street in Toronto. And I was just a 22 year old punk, like walking up and down. I see an old guy with a ponytail walking towards me. Hey, this guy looks like George Carlin. So to be a smart ass one. Hey, George. He goes, how you doing, kid? And I was greatest, like, what the good fuck just happened? <laughs> greatest Blue Jays pitcher ever. I don't watch baseball. I don't know. I, have no I, th I thought you were a Blue Jays guy. No, I'm from Toronto. I got to support my city. But okay. I, I well, the the correct Jesse answer Barfield, was, was he a pitcher? Jesse Barfield was a, the strongest arm outfielder in baseball. He played right field. He was number 29. Uh, the correct answer was Dave Steve had the best breaking ball in the business in the uh, 80s. Do you know, you see how hot Shannon's getting? I think uh, Patrice O'Neill was the best at breaking balls. Ah, well done. Way to, way to stick the land. That's why you Later are on that. Netflix, my friend. Actually, you left Netflix, right? You're doing Your new one's on something else, right? My new one's on Amazon Prime. And then uh, the next one, I don't know if there's going to be a next one or, or where it's going to be or what's going to happen. I think we're going to all end up with our own streaming service. Do you feel that Netflix used you as a testing ground for comedy specials? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Fair that, was easy. Absolutely. that was easy. Next question. <laughs> that was an easy answer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was an experiment for both of us, you know? Uh -huh. Because fair I remember enough. when I got the deal, I was like, wait, so can I still make a DVD and sell it? They were like, no. And I'm like, why not? I mean, it's just going to be on your thing. Nobody's really going to watch it there. I need a DVD. This is 2013. I'm like, I need a DVD still. I need to sell something at my shows. They're like, no, my, there's no DVD. And I'm like, how are people supposed to live without a DVD? And now nobody buys DVDs. So, I mean, they were ahead of it. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, it's amazing when you look at like how Blockbuster didn't end up being Netflix because they already had the library. Like, it's just crazy that they never saw that coming. Just like MTV should have been Facebook. I don't know how they didn't realize social media was going to be a thing. And now they're irrelevant because... They didn't yep. see the trend. It's pretty well. Plus, he said it. It's like 2013. He's like, how are people going to live without DVDs? It was Netflix. They're like, we have a warehouse right now full of DVDs. Nobody is ordering anymore. Yeah. I don't know what they've done with it. I'm pretty sure they wrote it off. Also, very relevant this week, considering uh, what just happened with Trump. But you were talking about the Mount Rushmore of comedy, and you put Patrice O'Neill up there. Absolutely. Which is a rarity. Usually, it's not. You left out... Was it that you left out prior and put in Patrice? I forgot who you put in in there. I, I probably did. I think I had, uh, it was definitely Carlin. Uh, 
Eddie, maybe Rickles and Patrice. Oh, you. Rickles, yeah. I love you. Yeah, Rickles, I love so much. And also, I like that you and Big J, who's not here this week, um, both, I don't know if the right word is mentored by Keith Robinson. Absolutely. Keith, let me tell you something. Keith, Keith put a lot of people on, like put a lot of people's heads on right. It's interesting because uh, you hear that a lot about him and you hear that a lot about George Carlin, like even in the Gary Shandling documentary, when he wrote uh, like some jokes and gave it to George Carlin, George Carlin gave him notes and gave it back to him. Like he was that kind of guy. <laughs> some of the comics are like that. Yeah. Keith is all, I mean, listen, Keith and Patrice both looked at my special that I, the first one I did in 95 and I brought it and I was, and I brought it on VHS to their place in 96 and I put it on and they both stared at me after and go, what the fuck was that? And I go, <laughs> my special I go, that shit was trash. And I'm like, I thought they were kidding. They, they meant it. They're like, that shit was horrible. Don't ever fucking record that kind of shit. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, I was so in love with myself. That's great. I remember, I forget who it was that said it to Jay, but Jay came off stage thinking he killed because he did something where he takes his pants off in the end of the set and he came <laughs> right. all proud of it. And I think it might have been a tell or it might have been Keith Robinson. I forget who it was. it was Patrice. Maybe it was Patrice. I it could have so. been Patrice. He goes, what are you doing, man? You got to stop that. They're laughing at you, you know, which is pretty funny to have people that do that. So the other last couple of things I want to hit on, you are good friends with someone that could also possibly put a... Uh, a rumor to rest for me. You're friends with Nile okay. Rogers, right? Very, very good friends with Nile Rogers. Okay, so Nile, for a brief time, used to come into a strip club that I was a DJ at with David Lee Roth when they were working on something <laughs> together. And I don't know how to get this message to him. That have been what the early nineties? Early nineties, and he used to call me the dark-haired Fabio. Jay doesn't <laughs> believe any of this. I bet you. I'm going to ask Nile about this. What was the and name of the strip please, joint? The name of the strip club was Pure Gold in New York City. He came in with David Lee Roth, I think, two or three times because David liked an Asian girl there. And I was this six-foot-five guy with really long, dark hair. And they would call me the black-haired Fabio. You're six-foot-five? I'm six-five, yeah. I'm a big dude. How the fuck were you b-boying at six-foot-five? I was five-seven. I was five-seven at the time. At 14, I was five-seven. Wow. See, at 14, I was four-eleven. That's funny. I was too big to get really good at breakdancing, but I was good enough that I was, especially because we worked, so I did, it's a stupid story, but we used to, whenever you did an advanced move in 1984 and you did something wild, they called it a 1990 version. Because 1990 was no, so the, the 1990 was just the one hand spin. That was the 1990, down. but a 1990 knee spin was sitting up a certain way. A 1990 head spin was doing something specific that was like extreme, right? And Have I- Have you seen- have you seen the shit they're doing now? It's, it's fucking insane. insane. It isn't. The thing that I'm glad that it didn't exist and what they do now, then, because oh, yeah. I couldn't do any of that. None of it. If I would have seen that, I would be like, oh, fuck this. I'm not even going to try. Even popping, locking, and waving is so fucking intense now. Yeah. I tried to do a windmill. This is making no sense to anybody that doesn't know pregnancy. But I was trying to do a windmill, and I got stuck on the turnaround, and then my head spun like in a frozen it was called like a head glide but at right. the time no one ever did it before i was the first to do it where at my school the best breakdancers came and go what the fuck is that and it was me just getting stuck in a windmill so it was kind of like you were coming around then you froze and then slid yourself forward yeah. 
No, slid like like I know that move. Yeah. Now everybody yeah. does it. Now everyone does it. I did it by accident. I fucked up my neck. What a hack! It looked like I was a really advanced guy, and I was fucking myself up. But it was I was the first guy in my school to do that. Really funny. I used to do a I used to do a shuffle like that, where on my like I go sideways, but on my knee, and I'd smash my knee every time I do it to the point where my knee just swelled up like a melon one day, and I was like. I don't think I'm doing this right. Something's wrong with this move. My brother was doing a lot of head spins. He went bald from from friction, and he had a bald <laughs> spot at 14. He could become Jewish and put a yarmulke oh, on there. We, we are Jewish, but uh, yeah, he oh, could. Well, there you go. There he could go. really. He meant to say he could really Jew it up then yeah. and wear a yarmulke. <laughs> we could Jew it up whenever yeah. we want, my friend. Yeah. So also another, you know, being that you're Indian, last question I'm going to ask on this because I think it's you know we kind of hit on it earlier. It's I pronounced engine. 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 Okay. That's hey. right. Thanks. I'm, assuming, <laughs> I'm right in assuming that you don't give a shit if there's a non-Indian voicing an Indian cartoon or a non-black question voicing a black person. Or do you feel I mean, you're not represented enough anyway? So why are we taking these jobs away? Let's hear. I mean, what listen, uh, listen. As far as I'm concerned, it's not real. It's a cartoon. For fuck's sakes. It's a whole imaginary world. I mean, what, what are we going to get a dog to voice Brian now? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. where do you draw the line? Yeah, you got to get real superheroes. I think well, I'll even yeah. take it so far as to you voiced a rhino in the Jungle Book that was Indian, right? Like, uh, that that's all kinds of confusingly wrong. I i voiced the rhino, but I didn't. I, I uh, made it sound just normal, like, hey, watch out, boy. That's all I said. <laughs> and uh, and well, I, also, I also voiced the peacock. Oh, I didn't know that. And the peacock fights with the porcupine over a stick. And the porcupine was Gary Shandling. Oh. Ah, rest his soul. And when we were recording it in the studio, Gary was um, across from me and I was across and we had chopsticks in our mouths and we were pulling it and pretending we had the stick in our mouth. So that's how we did that noise. Russell, I feel like I'm there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I paint a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture. It's funny because like um, there's that movie that's really big right now, Three Six Five Days. Have you heard about that? The it's like a, it's a, the next um, Fifty Shades of Grey thing, but it kind of glorifies rape and like abduction. And there, oh, these, I heard they're trying to get rid of this movie. Trying to get rid of, but it's a fucking movie. It's not a documentary. It's a movie. It's crazy the world we live in right now. It really is. It's sad. overly sensitive, and everybody gets a and everybody gets a winner sticker. Yeah, it's yeah. Really, that's what ruined the. By the way, I blame our generation because our generation raised a generation of pussies. That's what I've been saying. I said we can't blame this generation for uh, being sensitive because our generation started political correctness. Yeah. We got offended. But we our generation started it out kids. of necessity because our parents were fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also, like, I remember because my parents had it. My, my father, uh, being Syrian, was, like, teased a lot as his kid. So he was trying to shield me a little bit. But, uh, you know, we got, we got a little bit of shit as a kid. Then you, I guess if I had a kid, which I don't, maybe I would have wanted to protect that kid. And now we have an entire generation of pussies. Right. Your dad was a Syrian, a Syrian Jew? Syrian Jew. Married a so, Spanish Jew. Jesus Christ. Wow. Spain. Isn't Seinfeld a Syrian Jew as well? Is he? I, I wouldn't know. I don't know. Yeah, he's, his, his mom, I think, is Syrian. Yeah, Syrian Jews are crazy. They're all, uh, they live in like a 10-block radius in Brooklyn. And they right. all only, you can only marry another Syrian Jew. And my dad was the first one to marry. She, my mom was, was Jewish. But not Syrian, and it was like he got ostracized from the family, 
But then my dad made money and they welcomed him back into the family. <laughs> of course. Yeah. We were just Cassius fucking King. with you. <laughs> yeah. The first it's nice that a Jew and an Italian are together right now. Last time this happened, you guys killed Christ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, la the first time I saw you was last Comic Standing. That's for my inter inter introduction to the world of Russell Peters. How did you enjoy right. that experience? I enjoyed it a lot. I actually had a good time doing that. And then I was bummed when they, uh, they came back the next year and they replaced me with Norm MacDonald and they replaced J.B. Smoove with uh, Jesselneck. And I was like, and they said, why did they replace her? I said, they're probably just trying to be more diverse. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of the brown guy and the black guy. We need more diversity. <laughs> I forgot who won that season. Do you remember? I don't even remember. Um, that season never finished. It never finished? Or it never no, finished the on the... the second season never finished. The second season never finished. It got canceled like towards the end. But, but my didn't... season, I think Rodman won. Oh, okay. That's funny. All right, so now, Shannon, what we're going to do is we'll do the first right now. The first time ever I saw Russell, at the end of every show every week, uh, we ask our guests their first experience with sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And what we mean by that is not only your first time having sex, the first drug you ever did... Other than pot, unless pot's the worst drug you ever did. But we start with the first concert you ever went to. What was the first concert you ever went to? The, fir the first real concert I went to was Kiss in 1982. It was the Creatures of the Night tour. And uh, it was the last tour with makeup. That is the last tour. Then they did, uh, what wow. was the year after? Uh, shit, I forgot. The one and with, they uh, did the follow-up tour in the next year, Lick It Up. Lick It Up. And I went to that as well. So you were you did you were a rock fan early on, even though you were a hip hop fan, you were a rock fan also. Yeah, I love I loved Kiss from a, from from the age of six. Well, that's cool. You know, it's amazing. We have a lot of rock bands on the show, and oh. I'd say seventy percent. Oh, cool. There we go. He's been on the show too. Um, Ace. Ace. Ace has been on. Gene's been on separately, obviously. Oh, um, nice. Uh, in the studio when we when we were allowed to have meetings in studio, you know, they they both came in. Ace mm. said that um, oh shit, what did he call Gene? He gave me made really good fun of him on the show, Doctor Doctor Moron or something like that. Or, <laughs> so you get these uh, something like that. But he said he would always have these grandiose ideas, but if you called him on it, he had no follow through. So they made fun of him. That that was his nickname in the band. Anyway, uh, the first drug you ever did, but you said pot's the worst thing you ever did. Yeah, I'm not a. I didn't start drinking until I was 31. So whoa, I mean, drugs and this never. I sold drugs, but that's about it. Well, the first fair. drug I ever sold was hashish, black hash. Wow, that's, cool. that's a great answer. That's a good. I one. had a big black brick of it, and I cut it up in my basement in the little dime pieces, and I sold it. And the Where first did you one get I sold, it? Uh, this guy was selling blow, and I needed money, and he said, "I'll give you this brick of hash. You pay me once you sell it." <laughs> He fronted me on it. Wow, that's how that the story oh usually does. Oh my god! Not this yeah. I'm he knew I didn't smoke. He was like, he was like, this guy's not going to use it. He's going to sell it. If he doesn't sell it, he give it back. Your life could have ended very, could have ended very differently from that story. Like, let me tell you, stories that start out, I needed money. The dealer's like, here's a brick of black hash. Just sell it and pay me back. They rarely end. And then I opened for George Carlin. It was a dream come true. They rarely. <laughs> end like that when they begin like that 
Almost never. Almost never. Twice, maybe. <laughs> All right, now. Uh, yeah, I got lucky. Did you ever uh, run into any of your former clients of the drug hash and see how their lives are going? Well, you know, it's funny. I told, The first time I sold it, the first piece of hash I sold, I sold to my friend's brother. <laughs> and then half an hour later, he came back and goes, I don't want it anymore. Give my money back. I'm like, what? <laughs> So I gave, his ten, I gave him his 10 bucks back. Did he smoke it? And, and I he took the hash. Water. Oh, he, what, Wait, he here's the like... best part. I took, I took the hash back. I'm looking at it. And I'm like, looks like it. But it feels a little funny. And then I break it. Because, you know, when you break black hash, it's brown on the inside. Uh-huh. Sure. Broke it. It was brown. But I'm like, something doesn't feel right. So I did. I licked it. He gave me back a nib. You know, black licorice nibs? <laughs> He took a fucking nib and I'm like, guy, I got ripped off on my first drug deal. That's fucking great. <laughs> and then he, then he got addicted to black licorice for the next 10 years. You so know, funny. smoking black licorice ever since. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. Thank you. Right, and now uh, we'll start with how old are you the first time you had sex? Hopefully younger than the first time you started drinking. <laughs> I was 18. Right. And uh, I, I was, I always tell people if you were, the first time you had sex, if you came right away, that means you were ready to have sex. Mm-hmm. I didn't come at all. And she thought I was a champ for some reason. But the reason I didn't come was because all I kept thinking about was, I can't wait for her to leave so I could jack off about this. <laughs> Fair enough. I focus. know we'll tell you this. <laughs> Laser focus. A lot yeah. of people surprisingly on the show have had the story where they did not come the first time they had sex. I came immediately. Yeah. Jay never came. Shannon still hasn't come in her whole life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll end this with, uh, with plugs all around. Russell, not like you need any help selling out fucking arenas, but do you have any plugs that you'd like to say here on the SGR show? When's this going to air? Uh, the week after this one. Oh, okay. Um, let me see. Uh, next I got next dates Wednesday. Coming up. <laughs> I got <laughs> dates coming up. Go check my website, russellpeters.com, or follow me on Instagram at russellpeters. Oh, by the way, uh, not to shit on this on the air, but your website needs some tweaking. There's it a lot does of need some There's a lot of broken links, my friend. I got it. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm, I'm going to get on that now. It's yeah, almost like he's so busy working, he doesn't give a fuck. It's almost like how many times you're like, wait, let me check Russell Peters' website to see if he's around. I'm sorry that he's he, okay. arena selling out is getting in the way of his fixing his goddamn website. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I know my website's a piece of shit. I definitely need to be re- revamp it. Because last week, before you came on the air, I was going to yell at you because your store was broken. But now the store right. is gone, but none of the links work. Oh, good. Okay. Well, now that I know all this. Oh, that's a relief. Well, I'm on it. I'll, I'll, I'll add one more thing, just because whoever your web developer is, there's an icon for your cart, but no icon for your store. You can't put anything in the cart, but there's a cart. All right, I'm done. It's like a homeless guy with a shopping cart. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck, Mr. Russell Peters? Mr. Forbes' top list of comedians? And you know what the worst part is? I'm Indian. I should have a really great website. Yeah, your whole family could be building the site for you. They're all Indian. I'm a failure. What can I oh, tell you? Damn it. You're really fucking shitting on your culture. Gino. I know. 
Uh, yeah, dude, check me out on my website, R-U-S-S-E-L-L-P-E-T-E-R-S.com. <laughs> but don't uh, you to, they won't work. It's just four broken links. And, uh, and that, no, GinoViscani.com. You got your fans now. Fucking follow me on Twitter and all that stuff. But yeah, go to my right. website. It's all there. And Shannon? Uh, follow me on Instagram, Shannon Lee 6982 and listen to my podcast, The Thing Is. Ding. We talk about bad dates, fighting, and ghosts, and you're more than welcome to come on anytime, Russell. Yes. Yeah, Russell, don't be I, afraid. I, I was going to say, I was going to say, I'd love to come on your show. <laughs> well Shannon, spaced. Shannon Lee 6982. Well spaced out. I'd love to come on your, tits the wonderful time of year right now. What? But don't what? don't try and book him through his website, Shannon. Also, <laughs> by the way, just, uh, just DM me if you need me, Shannon. Got it. Follow me over at I am Ralph Sutton. But now, before we go and before we play the song of the week, um, I want to see how good your memory is. What are you going to say to Nile Rogers? Just so I know you were listening. I'm going to ask him about the six foot five, long haired, dark haired Fabio from <laughs> uh, I forgot the name of the strip joint though. Pure gold in like Pure gold. two. With, in my head, it was solid gold, but pure gold's much pure better. Gold in New York City, but with uh, David Lee Roth. He used to it come was David in with Lee Roth, Lee. yeah. And I don't know how you... I'm going to add you on Instagram so you can tell me if it's true or not. Fair enough? Yeah, and I'm going to... I'm definitely going to forward... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to reply. I'm going to let you know what he says. Yeah, exactly what he says. Even if it's like, I don't know who the fuck that guy is, I will play... I'll screenshot the conversation for you. Whatever the answer is, I will put it on the show. Okay. okay? Fair enough, right? Uh, now, the song of the week, because we were talking about how this was a very popular Indian song for a while. Oh, I God. love this remix. It's Eminem versus Punjabi. Did you ever hear oh, that one? It's no, so I avoid these types of things. It's the only <laughs> good one. I'm going to make, I'm going to send it to you on Instagram. You're going to love it. I'm probably not going to love it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Follow me everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton. Follow the SDR show everywhere at the SDR show. The playlist is always up at the SDR show.com slash playlist. Russell, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? Listening to the SDR Show.